Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. This year our theme is I am your God from Ezekiel 34. We believe that God alone is everything we need in these uncertain times and so we desire to put all of our trust in him. We have Christine Geshwam continue to share with us on God our healer. More and more of us have to admit that over time we have been wounded in our souls and spirits. When these wounds are left unchecked, they will cause us to wound others and self-destruct. Jesus doesn't just heal us of our physical sickness, but also of our inner wounding. Will we open ourselves up to the complete healing that only Jesus brings? Hi church it's so good to see you again this week um I know that things have been so different for each of us each of us have been walking different journeys different paths and I believe that God has a word for each each of us today what we're going to be looking at today is not really about physical ailments anymore but we're going to be going a bit deeper in our family we have this um, everyday ritual um every night before we put the kids to bed we have family prayer and in that time we usually just sing a song we talk about our days and then um our youngest son practices his reading skills with the u version verse of the day so he would take it and he would read it and this week um on one of the days the verse was um fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life and our son took the verse and he was you know reading through it and he said fight the good fight of faith lay hold of it eternal life and although we were all laughing about it i just realized um how much god cares about each of our internal life eternal life is our destination but right now in our present our god cares about our internal life and today we're going to be looking at just that we're going to be looking at how god is our healer not just of the physical but of so much more i want us to look at 1 thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 and this is what it says May God himself the God who makes everything holy and whole make you holy and whole put you together spirit soul and body and keep you fit for the coming of our master Jesus Christ the one who called you is completely dependable if he said it he will do it I love this verse because it talks about God making us whole putting us together spirit soul and body and so when god says he is our healer he is not just saying uh, christine i'm going to heal you of your physical ailments um but he's saying i want to go deeper because a lot of times our physical ailments are manifestations of something that is going on deeper and no amount of medical science is able to draw the link between the three but the god who so beautifully put us together he says he's made us fearfully and wonderfully complex that complexity only he knows and only he can completely restore us only he can completely heal us only he deeply cares enough knows enough to heal us when you watch how jesus in the gospels healed men and women and children when he touched those who were demon possessed you would watch how he not just noticed that there were physical uh, manifestations of the enemy for example the boy who had epilepsy he had such bad seizures and this demon which resided in him had made him mute so he couldn't speak he had seizures the the enemy tried to actually seize him and throw him into the fire or into the water so his aim was to destroy this child's spirit soul and body and jesus in a word set that boy free jesus in a word 
completely rid him of that demon which had taken control of every aspect of this child and today jesus is saying i'm the same i want to do the same for you if you're asking me what is the spirit soul and body actually look like let me explain it to you with a simple analogy so there's this apple here um all of us are like this apple okay let's imagine this is what we see each of us see this of each other we see ourselves to be as we are you know the, the our appearance or whatever but the minute you go deeper right you see this now the spirit the spirit is like the core the soul is like this part that the fleshy part that we enjoy eating and our body is just the skin of the apple so literally we are just we are spirit beings who have a very very well developed sense of the soul our imaginations our capacities our ability to think our ability to feel all of that comes into the soul part and then our bodies is just you know like our it's like the dwelling it's the dwelling for all of this and that's what we see of each other now the beautiful thing is that when we look at each other we really don't see the wounding on the inside now if you look at this apple it looks completely whole but sometimes when you open the apple you're in for a rude shock because sometimes a worm has gotten in or it's just been bruised in transport and you will find there'll be wounding inside now when jesus sees us he looks at us not just for the physical like we read in 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 the book of samuel it says god doesn't look just at the outside at the external appearance he looks at the heart and so when jesus looks at us he doesn't look at how shiny i look how well put together i am how coordinated i am he is looking deeper and he's saying christine i can see those areas in your heart which have been bruised i can see that part of your soul which is so wounded and i want to heal that yeah you have certain physical ailments i know about it but i'm very interested on the inside and that's what we're going to be looking at today this was just an analogy this is nothing um um you know it's not a huge spiritual thing that i was trying to pass on i just want you to understand that each of us are so complex and that is okay because god created us that way but god wants to heal every part of our bodies our spirits and our souls and so today i want us to get into understanding what it looks like for god to heal the innermost parts of our lives before we get into actually how god heals we need to understand how those wounds were caused a lot of times we have not really dwelt on it now we live in an era where there is social media and where people are all the time talking about trauma and depression and all of the big big words that sometimes some of us are grappling with very privately now people put it out there but a huge percentile are actually grappling with it alone and today i want to tell you you're not alone but that doesn't have to be your status forever for those of you who post about it maybe now is the time to actually look closer at yourself and say you know what maybe i want to start healing i've talked about it for a long time but now maybe i need to start healing and so that's what we're going to be looking at at and i love the verse from jeremiah 30 verse 17 which says um this is god talking to his people he says i will restore your health i will heal all your wounds and i believe that when he says that he's not just talking about the physical he's talking about the deepest wounds inside our lives and who causes these wounds is the enemy of our souls the devil himself i'm not going to overemphasize him he doesn't deserve the time of day but just for you to understand that he is out there 
from the beginning of time he wants to undermine who god is he wants us to question who god is he wants us to question god's goodness he he has permanently had this place of questioning doubting and then harming god's people and therefore every wound that has been caused on our hearts every wound that has been caused on our souls has been caused by him he's a liar he's a, the father of lies he operates with deception he chooses to numb us to the realities of god he opens our realities to things we don't need to be aware of he leads us down paths that are not good for us he's not the good shepherd but today i want to ask tell remind you of this 1 john 3 verse 8 says the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the works of the devil we are not going to live captive anymore we are not going to give him any kind of credit anymore we're going to give god the glory we're going to give god the credit for everything we have walked through be it the most traumatic of things in our childhood be it the most unsettling of things in our adolescence we are going to say god you allowed it the enemy meant it for harm but you're going to bring good out of it that's where we are going to come from a reading from psalm 147 verse 3 it says he heals the broken hearted and bandages their wounds both the psalmist and jeremiah are talking about those who are coming back from exile who are returning as captives they have been captives for so long and god is saying i'm restoring you you know that time is up i'm bringing you back and can you imagine the people who are coming back from captivity have gone through their own trauma just picture this they are people who have felt isolated from their god they were taken captive into unknown lands they were probably put to forced labor they may have lost loved ones they may have suffered abuse rape torture we don't know what they went through but it would have been horrible and here god is saying i'm going to bring you back i know you're broken hearted i'm going to heal you i'm going to bind up every wound and i love that because it's such an image of who he is to us today i want to ask you if you can relate to that maybe you had abuse in your childhood maybe you had abandonment where you had to fend for yourself from a very young age maybe you had a need to be perfect which was imposed on you by a parent or a spouse or on rel- by relatives maybe you were rejected by a spouse a friend a significant other maybe you had violence inflicted on by you by someone you trusted on you maybe you had a longing that has never been fulfilled maybe you had a loss of a loved one too soon in your life you didn't expect it sometimes you may not even know you have certain wounds but you do know that you're triggered by certain things and what if those wounds were inflicted when you were in your mother's womb maybe you didn't know it but maybe she didn't want to have you maybe she had such a hard time in her life that she didn't want you even in the womb and those feelings of rejection have followed you throughout your life maybe wounds were inflicted on you when things happened to you that you didn't even have language for maybe you were so young when that abuse happened when that when that person molested you you don't even have words to describe it you didn't have language for it and so it just kind of has embedded itself into your soul maybe wounds were inflicted when gossip was spoken about you when it went made the circles made the rounds and that those wounds have gone deep you don't trust anyone maybe wounds were inflicted when you were ignored and made to feel invisible maybe wounds were created when you were used and thrown by someone you thought was there in it for the long haul i don't know what your wounds are where they were created but your wounds are real 
I want to tell you this, the wounds that no one sees, God sees. The wounds that no one knows are there, he knows are there. When you were being wounded, he didn't leave your side. He was there and he knew that he was going to do something beautiful even with that because he's the God who brings beauty from ashes. He doesn't cause the ashes. He brings beauty from it. That's the God that we serve. And so I want to ask you today, are you ready to stop being wounded and move to a place of healing? Because this is the sad reality. Wounded people wound other people. If we are not healed, and restored, we'll never be able to help someone else find healing and restoration. And so today, the mandate on each of us who know the Lord Jesus personally is that we will find healing in him and that we will be able to help others find their healing and restoration in Jesus alone. That is the mandate on our lives. I was reading a, an, um, a recent research article by Johns Hopkins University and they were talking about wound healing. And as I was reading, it was so interesting. Apparently, there are five, there's a five-step process to wound healing in humans. You know, so the minute we have a wound, say um, a wound caused by an ulcer or a wound caused by a burn or any, any kind of wound anywhere in the body, there are five steps to that wound being healed anywhere in the body. And one of the most important steps in the entire wound healing system is when oxygen-rich blood makes its way to the wound. That's when your healing is complete. That's when the healing is, you know, 100%. And the article goes on to say about how 60 to 70% of Americans are living with unhealed wounds. And they were talking about physical wounds. Reason being, they were not having enough of oxygenated blood reaching the wound. For multiple reasons, lifestyles, um, high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, etc. So he said, the, the writer of the article had actually said, the need of the R is to step up how much of oxygenated blood reaches those wounds so that wounds are completely healed. And as I was reading that, I felt like God was just showing me what, what was on his heart for today. And I believe that today, this is what I want to leave with you. For those wounds that are so deep that no one knows what they are. Maybe only you know. Maybe you even don't know the depth of that wound. The only way you are going to have complete healing, the only way I'm going to have complete healing is when we allow the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed on that cross to actually touch us. Because that blood has all of the power to heal that we need. And I'm going to get into that a bit more. But, you know, so often we forget that the blood of Jesus that was shed for us um, has that power to do something in us that we have not been able to do for ourselves. We have talked about the cross. We talk about the tomb. We talk about Jesus. We talk about his suffering. But there's another aspect to that suffering. So the wounds on Jesus' body, every one of those wounds, the blood that flowed from those wounds are here today to touch every one of our wounds. We cannot do it on our own. Medication will not reach those deep wounds. Even therapy can only do so much. It's the blood of Jesus that symbolizes the finished work of the cross. Everything was done. He forgave our sins. He wiped the slate clean. All guilt and shame are removed. That's what the blood of Jesus symbolizes. And that blood is sufficient to heal every one of our wounds. If we don't allow that to touch us, we will live with incomplete 
healing. Our wounds will never really be healed. And at the wrong time, it will pop up. It will harm relationships. It will harm ourselves. And so today, I believe Jesus is wanting to tell each one of us, okay, I want to heal you. I want to heal the deepest parts of you that even your spouse doesn't know about. The spouse sees some of the these the, the side effects. But I see what's going on. I want to heal you. And so will you just lean in as we, we understand why the blood of Jesus is so important for us? What is so special about it? And why is it powerful to heal? We need to understand that. And the main reason is this, because the blood of Jesus gives us victory over Satan. It's that simple. There's no rocket science to it. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, this is what it says. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. For they loved not their lives even unto death. That's how each of us Christians are, right? The minute we accept Jesus, we say, Lord Jesus, your will, not mine. But the thing is, as long as we are alive, we're going to be having these, you know, moments of warfare with the enemy because he is, he wants to disqualify us. He wants to push us off track. But here it gives us a clue as to what we can do. It says they conquered him. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Two things, blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We're going to be looking at how the blood of Jesus destroys the works of Satan. It ends his work in our lives. And today you and I have to believe that. We have to believe that in order for complete healing to happen. So how does the blood of Jesus actually defeat the enemy? Because I don't want you to just assume that, you know, uh, you know, just take it by rote. Not at all. Let's look at what the word of God says. Let's understand what it says so that you and I can make an informed decision about appropriating this healing virtue into our lives. Okay. Point number one, the blood of Jesus saves and frees us from every sin. No sins are held back, no holes barred. Every sin, it's wiped us clean. It's washed us. It's freed us. It's saved and freed us from every sin. How do we know this? Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Picture this. You and I have been captive to so many things over the years. Maybe it's been a harmful habit. Maybe it's a, been a way of thinking. Maybe it's been a way of being when you're, you're all by yourself. Maybe it's a, it's a particular kind of a mindset. Whatever it is. And that's literally been like chains that the enemy has put you. The blood of Jesus is like an axe that breaks that chain. It says no more. You're done. You're freed. Every sin has been freed from you. You don't have any attachment to that anymore because the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed on that cross has freed you from every sin. You know, so often the sins that were committed against us have caused wounds in us. Sometimes the sins we committed created wounds in our life. And today there is no sin that is too big for the blood of Jesus to not wash away, to not free us from. The enemy wants to keep us bound. He wants to keep us crippled. He wants to keep us stuck in this place of remembering what happened to us. When Jesus is saying, I want you to remember and I want you to let go because the blood of Jesus has freed you 
You don't have to be stuck in that cycle of sin and guilt and shame. He's freeing you. The blood of Jesus flees you. So whenever, whether it happened in childhood, adolescence, when you're a young adult, whether you were a young working adult, whether you are even in your old age, if you have suffered, this is what God has for you. He's saying the blood of Jesus has set you free. You no longer have to live like you're bound and chained like a captive. You are free to live joyfully. You are free to live with purpose. You are free to wake up every morning and rejoice in your day. You're free to think thoughts that please God. You are free to live without that depressed cloud over your heads. You are free to live to your fullest capacity because of what the blood of Jesus has already done for you. Point number two, the blood of Jesus presents us wholly before God and gives us direct access to him. No more intermediates. I don't need to go to a priest. I don't need to go to someone and confess my sins. I don't have to go anywhere in order for them to talk to God and consult with God. No, I can just come straight to him because Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 says this. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Therefore, brothers, verse 19, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. We've been sanctified by the one-time offering of Jesus. Sanctified means we've been made holy. If we were to look at it in a color image, when we actually stand before God, we would be completely ragged in blacks and browns. But the minute the blood of Jesus washes me, I am white as snow. I'm standing there white as snow before the throne room of God himself. I have direct access to the Father through Jesus, his son, through the blood that he shed for me. In our family, we have this interesting thing which happens. Um, We usually make this blanket statement every morning. None of you are watching TV today. You're going to do your schoolwork and blah, blah, blah. Towards the middle of the day, by around 3.34, the kids decide they're done with studying and they want to watch TV. So the older two will never come and approach my husband and me. They instead would send the youngest one. And their logic is he's the cutest. He'll have his way. And so Calvin will usually come to us and he'll say, is it okay if we watch TV? And and as parents, I don't know whether we're just plain stupid. Every time we give in to him. And the logic that they tell us is that, you know, going through him is is the smartest idea because we know we've got your ear. I'm so grateful that God isn't like that. He is not a parent who just listens to some, who only has the ear of some. He listens to you, you and you. He listens to each one of us because of the blood which presents me holy and blameless before him. No more mediators. Stop expecting someone else to hear God for you. God wants to speak right to you. And that is possible because of the blood of the lamb. On our own, our brokenness, our woundedness is so much that the enemy will use that to disqualify us. He'll say, you cannot stand before the father because you're so, I know what you are. I know the liar that you are. I know the the fornicator that you are. I know the how immoral you are. I know how unjust you are. There is no way you can stand before this God. He's holy. But today Jesus is saying, the blood that I shed for you made you holy. When you accept me, I washed you clean. So no longer do you have to believe the lies the enemy puts in your ear, saying, you know what, you can't talk to God directly. No, of course you can. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. 
No more guilt and shame. Break that off because now you're washed clean. Third thing that the blood of the lamb does, the blood of Jesus does, is that it cleanses our conscience. You know, our conscience is not the voice of God. It's just an inbuilt mechanism that God put in us to help us, you know, stick to moral high ground. But so often our conscience goes off track. But the conscience is a great tool for us to hear the voice of God. And so when the blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience, it enables us to hear God once more. Hebrews 9 verse 14. How much more will the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? purifies our conscience from dead works. So it's possible for our conscience to get deadened because of persistent sin, because of wounding in our life. But today the blood of Jesus has the power to purify that conscience. And once he does that, once the blood of Jesus purifies our conscience, our brain, our mind can actually function in the capacity that God intended for it to function at. That mind of yours was meant to be able to perceive what God says and act on that. And that's what the blood of Jesus will allow you to do. It will unclog your mind. It will unclog your conscience. It's like a drainage pipe that has just gotten blocked up. The blood of Jesus clears it up. And so that your conscience is literally opened up to the presence of God, to the voice of God. And then you can live a life that pleases God. Isn't that amazing? It cleanses our conscience. The fourth thing is the blood of Jesus unites every believer in Christ. I personally, I was so moved when I was reading this. Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. We're living in a time when people think they can discount the church, when they can discount church leaders, when they can discount worship teams, when they think that, you know, we can pretend these are not important things anymore. I'm good at home. I watch five services online. Okay, yeah, I don't watch the whole service. I watch a bit of this sermon. I watch a bit of this worship. Church has become so different. But can I just bring you back to this verse? He made us overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. The blood of Jesus is precious. In many verses, it will say this. It's precious. Why is it precious? The son of God spilt his blood for the church, for individuals, because he loves us so much. It's the precious blood of Jesus. It's the powerful blood of Jesus because it washes us clean of sin, cleanses our conscience, sets us free, makes us holy. And so don't imagine that you can actually find your healing in a silo. Don't imagine that you can find it in solitude. Yes, healing will happen in on, in, when you're in solitary moments. Yes, the Holy Spirit will work when you're alone. But the healing comes full circle when you find yourself planted in a local church. It's very important because Christ died. And when he did, he obtained for himself with that blood, the church. He saved the church for himself. It's his bride. He loves the church. And let's not imagine that we can love Christ, but not his body. That's not possible. That's an oxymoron. 
And so whether the enemy has probably told you in your head, you know what the church that hurt you back in the day, they're going to keep hurting you for the rest of your life. So just do this alone. Go it alone. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The people who hurt you were people. It was not the church that hurt you. It was individuals who hurt you. You need to give yourself the chance to once again get back into community and grow because the minute the enemy kept you disconnected from the body of Christ, he kept you offended at the church. He used people, but you got offended at the church. But now it's coming to a place where your healing will come full circle when you come back into the body of Christ because God has united each of us through the blood of Jesus, his son. And so the beauty is, you know, when I'm undergoing my healing journey, my personal inner healing journey, it's happening privately. But when I step into community on a Sunday, when I talk to someone else, when I speak to one of the aunties, when I speak to one of the young people, God will just confirm something that he was speaking to me that week. God will confirm something to them that he was speaking to them that week. And it just encourages us. It builds our faith and it brings healing full circle. Our healing will never be complete if we're going to stick to being in private. We need to come out of that so that we can be a blessing to his bride. That's where he wants us to be because he bought the church with his own blood. Let's not discount it. So when we say by his wounds we are healed, we are actually saying, I'm going to reiterate this is very important, that our healing for every one of our wounds is found in the blood that flowed from every one of his wounds. Okay. Every one of those wounds that were split open by those Roman implements. Every one of the wounds on his back, on his thigh, on his body, in his torso. Every one of those wounds, the blood that gushed from it, brought us our salvation, brought us our healing. For by his wounds, I am healed. So how do I apply this? You're saying, okay, now I understand. I understand that the blood of Jesus is powerful, but what do I do with that? This is what I want to leave with you. Just two things. Remember I was telling you the story of the little child who was healed by Jesus who had epilepsy. As he, his father brought him to Jesus, his father asked Jesus, if you can, help us. And Jesus said, if I can, he says, anything is possible for him who believes. And that man cries out and says, help me, help my unbelief. I believe. And later on, after Jesus heals the boy and sends him home with his father, the disciples ask him, why couldn't we drive this out? You know, I mean, we're with you. We know you. We understand your power. Why not? Jesus, after all, had commissioned them to go out and do the things he, had, he was doing. And he said this interesting thing. He said, this kind only comes out with prayer. And so today I want to leave two things with you. In order to appropriate the healing virtue of the blood of Jesus into our lives, we need to live fueled by faith and powered by prayer. We can't do it in any other way. Okay. We need to not increase our faith. We need to live by faith because the, the disciples once asked Jesus, how do I increase, how do we increase our faith? And he says, you don't need to increase your faith. You need to have faith as small as a mustard seed. And if you did, you could ask this mountain to fall into the heart of the sea and it would do it. it. It seemed like a very mega example for a very small truth. But what he was saying is you, you don't need an exponential increase of your faith. You need to live every day with faith. 
every morning when i wake up i'm going to wake up believing that god has got something amazing planned for me even if there's a setback i know he has a plan that's what faith looks like that's what living by faith looks like and what does it look like to accepting this healing into my life into the deepest parts of my life how do i apply it when i'm living by faith it just comes to this it comes to living with this belief that the healing has already been done on the cross because the enemy will try to wake you up every morning feeling dejected depressed crippled unable despairing dismayed whole bunch of adjectives that don't mean any good but jesus wants you to come to this place of believing that you are healed my son my daughter you are healed i healed you back on that day when i bled to death on that cross the blood that ran from me healed you so you can live healed today you have to believe it you have to believe that your healing was already won on that cross that's what it looks like that's what it looks that's the first stage if i was to say that it was a first stage that you don't need to live in this place of captive um bondage to the enemy he wants you to believe that you're you're a lost cause he wants you to believe that there's no way out of this he wants you to believe that maybe if you end your life this will all make sense it will not because god wants you to live and not die and declare his works that is god's will for your life and so that requires that you first turn to jesus and say i believe help my unbelief that should be your prayer help my unbelief i believe now help my unbelief and you'll find that god will give you the gift of faith he will it's a gift he will give you this gift of saying every morning when you wake up you'll be grateful for the life you have you will find things to be joyful in it might be just that single pot on your balcony with this lovely little flower and that will give you joy you will see god in nature you will see god in your work you will see god in your children you will see god in your spouse but it requires that you take the first step of faith and believe that your healing is already done and all you need to do is lay claim to it all you need to do is appropriate that healing virtue into your life that's the first thing the second thing is that you live a life powered by prayer and that means what this is going to war on the enemy okay the the first stage of warfare is actually having faith the second stage is actually going to war on your knees because you know the enemy doesn't like to let go of the places that he's taken captive he's a stubborn captor he wants to hold on to our mind he wants to hold on to our heart he wants to keep our emotions trapped he wants to keep our affections trapped so that we can't give our all for the lord so that we can't give our bodies in service for the king that's his plan but we have a powerful weapon in our hands and that's prayer and i'm going to urge you to try a different kind of prayer today i'm not going to ask you to use your words because you know i find that our words are so futile sometimes and if you're already struggling in our mind if you're already struggling in our emotions our words will be inadequate because the enemy will interrupt you as you're praying and say what you're asking for that there's no chance that's going to happen he's going to undermine your words so i want you to do another thing this is what i've been doing for almost 6 months now and i can tell you it is powerful use the word of god to pray pray with scripture because the word of god is authoritative it's the word of god and jesus was the word who became flesh and so it has incredible authority so use the word of god to pray 
let me give you an example if you're struggling with a deep emotional wound because of childhood trauma i would urge you to start praying the verses that we saw lord your word says that you bind every wound that you heal the broken hearted heal my broken heart lord your word says that you will restore my health oh father i have gut issues because of the stress and the and the post traumatic stress disorder that i have because of that childhood trauma you said you will restore my health you will heal all my wounds will you do that use the word of god god loves it when we use his word because it's his word he sticks to his word and when you use the word of god in prayer it is a powerful double edged sword against the enemy pray with power pray with confidence because when you already the step one was faith you believe that your healing is already there you believe that the work was done on the cross and now you stand in the gap praying for yourself or praying for someone in your life who needs healing pray with that confidence that the victory is already won pray with the confidence that healing has already come all you're doing is facilitating it all you're doing is actually bringing it to the ground suppose you're struggling with a severe addiction something you're not able to beat and you just at your wit's end you don't know how to do it jesus gave us a hint he said when you're going to bind the, when you're going in to plunder the strong man you bind the strong man first so i would urge you that before you start to actually battle with the enemy bind the strong man in jesus name bind him up cast him to the side and then ask god to bring back everything he has stolen from you he stolen health lord i want it back he stolen my joy i want my joy back lord he stolen my family i want my family back he stolen my emotional health i want it back he stolen my financial security i want that back lord in you bind the strong man take back this is from the word of god i'm not making this up Jesus said when two of you agree on anything on earth it will be done get a friend get a spouse start praying together start praying the word of god together you will see healing just come in like a flood you will not see it the way you want to see it but it will happen pray in agreement the word of god is very clear it says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven pray with that authority because this is what will loosen the enemy's clutches on your heart on your mind will give you the deep healing you need we need to start praying spirit filled prayers no more of those prayers of lord thank you for today keep me good bless me amen we can't do those anymore those have to go out of the window we need to pray be praying spirit led prayers spirit filled prayers what does that mean it means i open my ears up to the frequency at which the holy spirit is speaking he will tell you tina this is where your healing is going to come from pray for this he will give you strategic things to pray for he will give you strategic remedies he will connect you to the right people who will be able to help you in certain areas of the healing He will teach you how to appropriate the healing virtue of the blood of Jesus in your life. It is the Holy Spirit who helps us appropriate that. So we need to be praying spirit-filled prayers. As I close, I want to tell you one story which is very close to my heart. And it's it's a demonstration of the power of the blood of Jesus. So I have a younger brother and my mom delivered him uh 5 years after I was born. and uh, she had a condition called pulmonary embolism at the time of his delivery and um, she she actually flatlined um on the delivery table 
and there was no pulse her um the ecg reading was a flat line and they came out and uh, apparently told my dad there's really no hope and uh, this is this, i've heard this story over 34 years many times but this week as i prepared i just realized that we have forgotten the power of god that is at work in our lives and that we need to be appropriating this so my grandmother um my mother is was her youngest um daughter and so my grandmother went in there the doctor said be sorry ma'am there's really no hope and my grandmother went in there she didn't know what to do and um she just took a glass of holics mixed it in with water and um went to my mom and my mom was just lying there and she just took a drop of that holics and put it in her unresponsive mouth and she kept dropping drop by drop into her mouth and she just kept saying this i apply the blood of jesus i apply the blood of jesus i apply the blood of jesus she did this many times you will not believe it as she's doing it the anesthetist and others were in the corners of the room they watched the flat line actually revive it actually came back to a live signal she was literally pronounced medically dead i'm not saying that my grandmother resurrected her no it was the belief that the blood of jesus would bring her daughter back that did it it was the finished work on the cross that brought my mother back that day so i want to ask you this maybe you think this is a mystical teaching it's not the blood of jesus is a real thing it's what was shed on that cross it's what cost the son of god his life it's the precious blood of jesus but it's a powerful blood of jesus it's not something that we mess around with it's not something we make a ritual of but it's something we trust to bring us healing so i would ask that you don't just rely on your therapists or you don't just rely on that medication that they've given you for that emotional pain that you've been feeling i would ask that you would come back to jesus the one who created you spirit soul and body all of it he created all of it if anyone knows your intricate wiring it's him if anyone knows why those moments of complete breakdown happen it's him if anyone knows why you're in shambles on the inside yet put together on the outside it's him he wants to heal those inner wounds they can't be treated by medicines or remedies they can be healed by the blood of jesus so i want to ask if you would think about that you would believe it afresh if you would thank him for what he did on that cross if you would believe that there's healing that has already been won for you at calvary and if you will pray every day pray the scripture into your situation and find that the enemy will no longer have a control over that part of your mind over that part of your heart your affections your thinking your logic all of that ask the enemy to take his hands off we're going to bind him we're going to push him out of the equation because all of our life is going to be dedicated back to the king of kings and the lord of lords can i pray for you father in heaven we just thank you we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives 
we thank you lord that you have gone before us that lord on that cross you did everything that we couldn't do for ourselves we thank you for the spilt blood of your son jesus we thank you that that has won for us healing and restoration and today we lay claim to that to father we believe that that blood still has power today it still has the power to cleanse us it still has the power to make us holy it still has the power to heal the deepest parts of our bodies we speak healing over each person who's watching this right now whoever is listening whatever the wound is we speak healing in the name of jesus we pray that god you will move in and through our lives we pray that lord every part of our spirit soul and body you would preserve until the day of your return we love you and we thank you in jesus name i pray amen amen god bless you i pray that you will experience god our healer not just for the physical but for the spiritual but for your emotional that he is the god who cares so deeply about you don't forget that god bless you have an amazing week thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life